Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I am your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Salen. Salen is a concept artist, a international student, and a full-time Souls fan. We talk about her uh, starting out in the series with the series in kind of an interesting way, and then some of the uh, things that attracts her to the series, like the, the the design aspect of the bosses and the just the world in general, the exploration. I think it's a really good episode, so I'm not going to talk anymore. Instead, I'm going to let you enjoy the episode. Um, I started playing Dark Souls, the, the first Dark Souls uh, a few years after it came out and I kind of gave up because I used this um, I used this a, a bootleg controller with their, it, its buttons was la- labeled like one, two, three, four. <laughs> That's awesome. Like some, <laughs> I love the idea of a bootleg controller. Did it, I, I have to imagine it barely worked, huh? It, it it worked perfectly, but like the key binding doesn't really work, and in the game it's just like the port isn't great, and it's like Xbox controller guide. So yeah, I I had to give up because I couldn't really do anything about it. And then back in 2015, I got back into Souls game, and I I had to like look up guides and stuff because as I mentioned my controller was really bad and I didn't know how to like run or like block or or like anything sure so I played according to the guide up until blood town and I played it at my own pace after then that I played um bloodborne and dark souls 3 what um what was it about Dark Souls One that made you come back to it after all that time after having that busted controller? Like, was there something about the the setting or the environment, or did you have friends telling you how great it was, or you know what 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 brought you back in in 2015 to make you want to go through and and get it done? I couldn't um, exactly remember what happened at first, but then um then I kind of fell in love with how it actually um, presented itself. Um, I re- I, Design-wise, I really enjoy, like, vis- visual-wise, I really enjoy Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3. I'm not a fan of 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but 1, I like the look of it, where it's this dying world. And the, envi- and the environment isn't violent, isn't violently out there to get you. It's just very neutral. It doesn't care if you live or you die. <laughs> While other games are more like, yeah, here's a trap, here's this, here's that, here's jump scare. Yeah, Dark Souls seem to allow you to explore its world at your own pace, especially that first game. Like you could just, you could kind of soak in the environment. Like, I don't think the Souls games get enough credit for their quiet moments when you're not being attacked or you're just moving from one area to the next and 
you're kind of worried about what's happening in the, around the next corner, but also you you cleared out the area so you know you're safe. And it's that kind of tension of going back and forth with that that I think is is really interesting. Yeah, uh, the lack of sound, like any soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I'm really a fan of that. Uh, man, that just not having just those ambient noises in the background that you can almost barely hear is is so is so much more affecting than like any kind of musical cue I think would be. Yeah, it's kind of feel um, more realistic that way. Mm-hmm. And I also I, I I like many things about Dark Souls one and the the other thing is um um I I really like them its mechanic and where it's. In other games, failing and die means you lose, and then you have to come back from that. While in the Soulsborne game, dying is a part of the progress. Like it, it doesn't feel as much of a failure. Like in Bloodborne, I spent like a week fighting Orphan, of course, with a really, <laughs> really crappy build. <laughs> It, it takes a it takes a long time to beat the Orphan of Gods for the first time. It feels like, yeah, my solo, my my blood level or whatever that's called in Bloodborne was like seventy, mm. and like I spent so many points on like uh, I think it's endurance or something. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I spent like a week fighting Orphan, of course, and I wasn't angry about it at all. It was really, really re- relaxing. And then when I and at this kind of game, when you got better at it, the result was immediate, which is extremely satisfying because in real life, it's not. There, there are like times it's in in real life. It's like it's this hopeless cycle that you can't really break out of it sometimes. It's something that's happened from the circumstances you can't really control. Mm-hmm. Why in Soulsborne game, despite it, everything sucks. You can still fight back. <laughs> and like, <laughs> even if in, the, like in Dark Souls 1, that in the end, the struggle doesn't really mean anything. At least you got the chance to try. How important is that that kind of sense of hope to you when you're when you're playing these games? Um, does it is that something that you actively think about when you're playing them for the first time or the fifth time or, or what have you? To kind of, I can I I know I'm going to get better at this the more I play at it. Is that is that the the kind of main draw you think? Um, I'm not sure if. I should call it a sense of hope. It's kind of like this comforting idea that, um, like in real life, sometimes no matter how you try, you still fail. You mm-hmm. don't succeed, and all you could do is accepting that. And in Dark Souls, it's not this fantasy land where you always succeed, like a long term goal like, end the undead curse or whatever. Because, like, even if you do so in Dark Souls 1, it will still revert back to um the, the state that it's in after, like, you leak the fire. Because it's this cycle. But, like, you also get this sense of accomplishment from killing each boss. 
mm-hmm. which is not it's it's also not a cutscene boss boss where you win. They enter a cutscene and then so then they survive, like they actually die and seeing them like disintegrate is it's it's pretty satisfying. What other uh? Like when you started playing Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you mentioned something that I've heard from a lot of guests, which is the the idea that you're dying and progressively getting better turns it into a relaxing experience instead of a stressful experience. Does that come naturally to you? Like, is that something that you you just immediately clicked with, and then like, oh yeah, I don't I don't care that I die at these games because normally the the reaction I hear from a lot of people is. I started out raging. I, I wanted to break my, my controller <laughs> against the wall. And then I came to this like Zen place where I realized that I was getting better. And then this, this whole thing became relaxing to me. Where did you start out on that scale? I think since um, the very beginning where I actually knew how to control the game, it just keep going. I have time. I don't care. Just take it slow. It just kind of clicked it with me. Nice. So it just was immediately kind of, okay, well, I, I know what I'm going to do here. <laughs> do you have that with other video games too? Like, do you play difficult games and find them relaxing? Or is are the Soul series a, a kind of a outlier? Um, the Soul series, is it's, that, it's the only exception because... Uh, the the gameplay mechanic itself can lend itself to that. While in other game, the difficulty level it's it's not great. Like let's say in near automat automata. Like I'm not sure how to pronounce it. You did it. Like, you did as as good as anyone on this podcast ever has. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The normal. It's it's like. For the crowd control, it takes like a lot of hits until until they kill you. But on, I think it's hard on a harder setting. It just everything takes two or three hits to kill, and uh, when you fight a boss, it's like one hit kill, which is it's not enjoyable. Yeah, it's just it's just frustrating at that point. Or like right now, I'm playing God of War. And I'm playing a hard difficulty, and uh, the game is great, but the bosses, some some of them that spawn like minions, that makes it really annoying mm-hmm. because it takes only a few hits to kill, and then I have to focus on like five different enemies. <laughs> That's just not enjoyable. Yeah, I liked I liked God of War a lot, and I. It, it it felt like it was it definitely took some lessons from the the souls games um while doing its own kind of unique thing but the uh yeah. w- once i finished it i like I, I did not feel compelled to seek out the harder moods or the the optional bosses and all that other stuff like i finished it and i was like okay this was an experience and i am done with it i never want to come back to it yeah like i play through uh a few a, a few first bosses and then i just have to uh, tone down the difficulty because it it got really annoying. I'm sure, yeah. Um, I I know you're you're an artist uh, because I've seen some of the stuff that you've been you've been drawing on Twitter lately. Uh, have you done any any Souls fan art? Oh, back in the days, like 2016, 17, mm-hmm. I did a lot of joke posts 
or like shit posts, if you would like to call them that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, some of them were not great. Some of them were fine. It's just that I enjoy thinking about this series a lot. <laughs> were they like uh, like cartoon strips, or, or like can you can you paint us a word picture of, of one of your shit posts or joke posts? I did so many fun stuff. People, I don't think pe- some people actually know I, I, I do actual art. Um, let me find it. It's this kind of weird. <laughs> into, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's uh, for the, I'm going to put this in the show notes, everybody. But the for people just listening, it's it's our boy Dark Suns Gwendolyn holding a gun and just saying like I won't hesitate, <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah, this, it's this kind of weird internet humor, <laughs> or this. <laughs> yeah, I dig that kind of stuff. What what was it about the the series that got you kind of? You were just like thinking about it all the time and think about all these weird situations. I've seen this. I've seen this somewhere. Did you post this on Tumblr a while back? Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen this one. Um, <laughs> just Gwen and all of his ch- children not very happy to to be in the family photo. I bet yeah. I bet um, our mutual friend Co probably posted that somewhere and I saw it. Yeah, it's like I was, it's like whatever, when it happened, it's like I, I see this thing and then suddenly my brain just kind of clicked like, yeah, this is Dark Souls. This can be Dark Souls. We can make a religion out of this. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I love the, I love all of the goofy kind of internet culture approaches to Dark Souls memes and things like there's, there's a lot of really funny ones out there that they're just... I don't know. Like I like exploring that aspect of, of the games. I like people getting really goofy with canon and with you know the characterizations of people that are otherwise pretty serious. Like Dark Souls has a the Soul series has a sense of humor kind of threaded through it, but none of the characters are like goofy, right? <laughs> like so, it's it's always yeah. nice to have that approach to them. Like when something is serious in canon, people will make it funny. While if it's funny in canon, people will make it really dark. It's just fandom in general. Exactly. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, besides the art stuff, do you do you communicate a lot with the fandom? Do you interact with the fandom quite a bit? Is that part of these games for you? Um, Bloodborne fandom. It's this one crazy beast. <laughs> no pun intended, right? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Like it's. <laughs> It's one of the best fandom I've been in for like a really, really big fandom. Like people are surprising surprisingly chill. Uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe because they spent all their like rate point on a game or something. I don't know. Sure, yeah. What about it has been so like you said chill but like has it been just a situation where um people aren't being harassed or people are are just over overwhelmingly welcome like what do you what did you see when you started interacting with the fandom and started posting your own stuff um i can't really say much about um being like people be or not being harassed because i've no i've no received like some kind of that treatment before but they're pretty um overwhelmingly welcome 
I kind of feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like you post something stupid, and then like five hundred people will like it and spread that. Just because it's <laughs> it's funny, and like there's no negativity ever. Like I've seen like a few, but that since like twenty sixteen. Nice. It's good to know that these games that uh, are a huge part of my life still have these these kind of thriving online communities that are that are good as opposed to the bad online communities which are which are not which are which are all over the place. Yeah, I've been away from the Soulsborne fandom for for a while, but I still would like to come back to it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just really really love it. People are weird. <laughs> Yeah. After 160 some odd episodes with all with different guests, I can I can also agree and t- testify that people in this fandom are weird. <laughs> yeah, like there was one time I accidentally started a Lady Maria cult. Well, you can't just say something like that and not provide the details. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Please, um, please, please provide more information. So, like, I love that we just. At we as a fandom just collectively agree that this woman is not she's not straight there's no way she's straight <laughs> and then somebody asked me requested me to draw like um a really really buff Lady maria as a joke mm-hmm. and I, and i thought why not this instead and then i draw this i drew this Lady maria but like in a sexy but non like it's not super like feminine way. Mm-hmm. Like um, I um, I kind of don't want people to see this because uh, it's safe for work, but it's not great. Okay, but like a muscled up, not necessarily like overly sexy, but just like a muscled up, like a like a real life woman uh, bodybuilder would look. I'm guessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then people just went crazy for it, and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like i got like 20 requests 20 more requests for me to like draw lady maria like okay can you do this lady maria like she's licking blood off her um blade her sword and i and i did i tried to like make it like as sexy as possible just as a joke but um <laughs> People really enjoyed it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to happen. I didn't realize you people were going to get into this as much as you did. Yeah, like, I know people were, were going to be crazy, but I did not expect them to be this level of crazy. So, yeah, I started a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Is it odd to see, like, the, the stuff that you draw as... Um is almost something that's not really serious, just something that you kind of want to see and then have people take that extremely seriously and like really, really embrace it. Is that a, is that a weird feeling? Um, there's, um, depends on like what the word serious mean. Like if it, they really, really enjoy it, I'm fine with that. It's not weird because that's part of it. Why I, I, I post it. I posted this draw these drawings because I personally enjoy it. I personally enjoy the idea of it in my head, and then I like it when pe- other people see it and enjoy the content too. But if serious means like 
see it and take it, like analyze it, like trying to find like why this is good, why this is not good. Like I'm okay with that. When people do that to like my other stuff, like like my actual work, but when it's joke post, like why? It's it's literally a, just a joke post, <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, it's 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 weird when something like that takes off. I think, and all of a sudden you have you know strangers commenting about it, and you're like, no, this was just a this was just a weird joke that I made. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> yeah, but I kind of have to get used to it, so I don't really have any problem with that. Just like every once in a while, in every once in a while, I was like, yeah, this is a joke. Chill. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. Um, yeah. sw- switching back to the, the actual games, uh, it sounds like Bloodborne is is the one that's kind of closest to your heart, but uh, or or Dark Souls three. Um, talk to me a little bit about the world of Bloodborne and and some of the things that that, that drew you in. Is it the more dark darker kind of gothic setting? Um, the fashion, like what was it? What is it about that game that kind of inspires you? Oh, um, mechanically, my favorite. My favorite um, combat mechanic ever, ever in a Souls game, it's Dark Souls 3. Um, but design-wise, I think Bloodborne is like FromSoft at their best. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for for example, like Blood, uh, Dark Souls one designs are like this more generic ideas where the devs use the same thing as other fantasy writers used as touchstones, like folklore, minotaur, godhead, godhead monster, what? It's, it's nothing new, but it doesn't have to be fresh and new to be enjoyable. While on the other hand, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 is it's fantasy madness, like outrage like a decaying god consumed by a man so bloated he became a sludge and like they're in the middle of that process like who came up with that that's amazing <laughs> yeah that's a uh, that's something special to be, to be sure yeah or like any of like bloodborne bosses in general like as someone who does concept art and kind of know that every video ga- video games has this two version of it, which is like the version at the pitch and the version that it's actually done and ship it. Bloodborne, it's it's this insane vision that real, and I can go on really long about boss designs. To be honest, it's it's quite something. Uh, which one is your is your favorite, or which one is the one that's the most has the most interesting design? Um, the first two that pop pop it into my head is um, it's Ebritus and Ludwig, and Ebritus is probably my favorite creature design ever. I I didn't know what Ebritus was, what what she was until I saw her model on an outsourced company website. She's this tangled mess of limbs and wings and. In action, her silhouette, it's not clear or it doesn't make sense. It's just this mess. And she, she doesn't have to make sense. Like, in character design, silhouette is one of the most important aspects because it's how we distinguish them from, uh, from uh, 
other characters, especially with um, fast-moving images like a uh, film or a video game. Our brains are sometimes our brains are sometimes not fast enough to catch all the details mm-hmm. within like half a second, just like the overall shape of it. But Ebritus is supposed to be something beyond our comprehension. And she stays true to that idea. Like she's this weird, like slug mess. And she she kind of broke this design rule but in the best way possible yeah because she's she's so confusing to look at especially the way that you find her which is kind of hunched over and then she wakes up and turns around and you're like what am i what do i shoot like what do i even try to stab i don't know i don't know any part of you no part of you is analogous to anything that i've seen before and uh yeah it's it's so creepy and weird like it puts you off your game from the moment that she turns around, like it turns it into a a different kind of fight, I think. Like it's, I think it's like the closest design I've seen to like incom in in incomprehensible creature ever. And what was the other? <clears throat> what was the other one out of the two that you mentioned? It was Abridus and uh, Ludwig uh, and the DLC. Yeah, it yeah. sim- has to be a similar thing there, right? Where his the weird combination of his like horse nature and human nature are created this, this weird abomination that you can't really track very well inside the game, but it still really, really works. Yeah. It's, it's part, part of it. It's part of Ludwig. Why I like Ludwig design came from like uh, a character design point of view because he wasn't my favorite designs until I tried to redesign him and actually look like him, like reverse engineer's concept. For me, a, a character design, character concept should be able to be defined by a few words. Like for a brightest cheese, a Lovecraftian horror. For Ludwig, I thought he was like something along the line of like an eight-legged horse, except that he's not. He's this nightmarish cavalry. His concept can be taken into many, so many different directions. Instead, he's, he's this noble hero and his horse melded together in the most um the most grotesque centaur way. Like, if he's in the Dark Souls universe, he would be something like a skeletal knight on his skeletal horse, kind of like Nameless King style. Mm-hmm. Like, um, every designers in the world have have different way to approach things, and they're all, like, equally effect- effective. Just, just different me- method, but... My approach really, really clicked with uh, later fr- from soft games. Like some people design shapes and pick what's visually appealing to them, kind of like follow their heart. While my first pri- priority is intention of each design. Like what it's all about, what I was trying to communicate. Everything has a story. So it's kind of like this, my process. Is kind of real, kind of logical and almost mathematical in a way. Mm-hmm. And 
when it comes to like this kind of stuff, it's not just design, it's lighting, it's perspective, it's color, it's everything that's calculated. And I think from some artists, like as a whole, as we see them, kind of have this similar kind of attention to details, like the use of red in Hunter's clothes, like a blood creeping on the right leg thing. So like, I'm not sure if it's the right leg or the left leg, but like the leg that uh, Gurman's leg that's a pig leg. Mm-hmm. Like that he has like cut one leg off and like another hunter that has like a belt like wrap, wrap it around that leg. Like that kind of details. I want to say that was in the um, that's part of the one of the DLC sets. It's like the old hunters set or something that has like that bracket around the left leg where you keep stabbing yourself to heal, you, heal yourself. Uh and like you said, that's like that kind of attention to detail, that that kind of thoughtfulness of, oh yeah, if you if you've been continually stabbing this weird blood into your body in the same spot, like you're probably would want a, a little extra support for that. Yeah, or like this details about eyes, like um, like eyes in Bloodborne means forbidden knowledge, mm-hmm. and like celestial. Emissaries or whatever their names are have eyes because have eyes because their successful experiment while living fail, failures don't they, because they fail experiments they are unable to grasp the concept of the cosmos so they don't have eyes kind of like this interesting is all of this stuff is this stuff that you think about as you're playing through the game and as you encounter bosses or is this something that you you know you play the game and you just have it in your head and you just can't stop thinking about it oh it just kind of like i i think back about things sometimes and suddenly like the dots kind of connect in my brain like for a lot week i just had i just had this theory that he's he's not a horse he's actually a centaur <laughs> and i posted it on twitter without like any real support except like uh how i remember the in-game model and like a few screenshots and the next day astrolase she was like yeah i'm actually gonna extract ludwig model like i was like are you sure about this and she did <laughs> and she told me that i actually i was i i was probably right about it that he's a man and a horse that's uh now that together mm-hmm. what is um does does any of that stuff factor into the actual gameplay to you like when you having thought about kind of the design of either Breedis or ludwig when you go into that room to to fight them are you do you have the urge to like not kill them as quick so that you can like dance around them and see more detail does that does that stuff ever kind of happen to you oh yeah that that happened a lot of time when I, when it's uh, when it's like a, a second or third encounter, like it for me it's at some point like from this exciting blood rushing kind of fight becomes uh this AI manipulation and like dodging around as long as possible while trying to read the movements and like how to to understand like the boss, both like the design, the concept, and them in motion. So I got a lot of time to do that. Interesting. And taking this over to to Dark Souls 3, 
what, what, what is it about Dark Souls 3 that, that, you, that you get into? Is it just the combat or is there something else? It's because I already love Dark Souls 1 and at that point, so I, I was willing to dive in just despite I played Dark Souls 2 and didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I was, I'm not sure why exactly, but I got really into it and kind of like fell in love with it along the way because it's not this breakneck speed like in Bloodborne. It just kind of have this nice pace that's in the middle. Yeah, I'm... Um... It's interesting to me that like you liked Dark Souls one so much, and that you like or went right into Dark Souls three because that's uh, contrary to kind of the larger conversation around Dark Souls three. Like people seem to really hate that aspect of it that it's tied so closely to Dark Souls one that they revisited that stuff. Um, but that stuff seems to have worked for you really well. Like, did you, are there any particular plot threads or stories or pieces of lore that came out of that that, we, that you can talk about that would have? kind of cemented your, your your love for Dark Souls 3? Um, it's, for Dark Souls 1, it's this idea of cycle, of suffering that's, uh, that's endless. While in Dark Souls 3, there's a way to break out of it, even if it's not the most perfect way. Like, everything dies, everything has its time. And so this, and, and so this cycle of suffering, one day it has to end. And you have to be the one that does that. You, you have to do something about it if you want it to end. Like I, It's not a perfect circumstance where everybody is happy, but at least it's something truly new. And I enjoy that as like a story. Sure, yeah. How much do you uh, pull out from the lore and from the stories in the game yourself? and Or, or is a lot of it like, because <clears throat> me, I, I can never put those stories together for me. So like I, I, I have to rely on like the people in the community to make videos or essays or, or whatever about the, the, these stories to, to really kind of make them click for me. Are you, are you making up your own stories as you go along and then like checking the YouTube community around that? Or, or like how do, you, how do you get into the story aspect of these games? Yeah, for Dark Souls 1, I didn't really think much about it. And and then I saw a lot of videos and stuff. And then there's this this Dark Souls 3 where the way I played it was um, that I killed literally everything killable on the map and then explore and then read every every item description. Then I just kind of put stuff together, kind of like that. Sure. Is that more or less important to you than the the combat of these games and the actual mechanics? Um, I can't really rank it, but it's the 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 mix the mixture between these two that really pulled me into Souls game. Like in God of War, I'm not a completionist. I'm actually kind of a little bit bothered by like having to do like these like smash pots and like do like chess stuff, mm-hmm. like. It's incorporated in a different way from Dark Souls, and I I, I don't enjoy it as much. I'm not <laughs> sure why. That's fine. <laughs> I uh, 
it's 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 interesting. Like I, I don't I just sometimes that stuff works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, have you have you done any um, other from video games? Like have you delved into their past catalog or looked into you know their new VR stuff or um, Armored Core? I, was, I almost said Assassin's Creed because I had the words AC, but now I'm thinking about a From Software developed Assassin's Creed and kind of getting excited. But that's right. going to happen. Um, yeah. Have you um, explored any other of uh, From's games? Um, I wish, but I had the time and the time and money budget of a broke college student. So sure, yeah. No, <laughs> that's fine. Is there anything that, like, if you if you <clears throat> if you had the time, is there any one or two that you would like specifically go after? Um, probably Demon Souls, but I don't have a PlayStation 3. Oh man, please just put that. I know they've even just recently said like, "Hey guys, it's it's we'd all like for it to happen, but it's going to take a miracle for it to happen." Like I know they came out and said that, but they should just please put that on PS4 already. Like Jesus Christ, Sony, what are you doing? Yeah, please do it. <laughs> just People do really want to play it. <laughs> do it for all of the Souls fans, and you would literally have a machine that has every single Souls game on it, like all of them. Yeah. So what do you uh, what do you want to see from From Software in the future? Like, if you are you looking for a Bloodborne two or a Dark Souls four? Are you are you excited about Sekiro or what are you what are you kind of looking for them to do in the future? Uh, for now, Sekiro because uh, from from Miyazaki's interview, he's the guy, the kind of guy that he just wants to like work on stuff, explore the idea, and move on. So yeah, I want to see him do whatever he wants to. And not have to like coming back to like the same concept he already done with it like years ago like Dark Souls three even if I like even if I love that game yeah I kind of want to see like Miyazaki's like let loose like yeah do what you want we love you <laughs> just do anything that you want to <laughs> yeah it's kind of a little bit like this like parent like seeing his kid in a sandbox like yeah you're doing great. Just keep doing that. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> you're doing great, son. You're doing great. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like I like that you can approach Soulsborne's game as like a strategy game rather than like a time based action. And I love how like the devs like program it to AI. Like Blood Stuff Beast is so tough for so many people because our dodging instinct is to back away, uh, except the dev devs they knew that and they made blood stuff bees and other bosses attacks like go in a long straight line. On the other hand, if you just hit and circle the blood stuff bees, it's nothing. It it's a super effective strategy for so many bosses. And then in Dark Souls three, the devs they realize that. That pe- people just kind of approach their bosses in that way, just just hit their strafe left, hit strafe left. So they made a boss like Gale, who you can't just like circle around him, and he has throw <laughs> catchy attacks. Like they keep innovating things to counter veteran players, and but also make it enjoyable for new players, and not in like an annoying way. Like yeah, this boss has a health that needs five hours to grind or like keep spawning minions like deacons and frida exist but they're a minority 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting how <clears throat> Demon Souls and Dark Souls started out as these kind of not- notorious difficult games, um, but really like the basic strategy with the bosses was like get behind it and stab it in the butt. And like, that was pretty much the, <laughs> that was pretty much the boss strategy. And as those games have developed, like they, they programmed and they, they coded additional moves and additional tactics that the bosses has additional AI to prevent that from happening. Uh, so like nowadays when you fight Gale, for instance, that's a good one. Like he's not even that easy when you have two or three people in there, much less when you have just one person. Like he, he, they, Versus a boss from Demon Souls, which kind of will be completely broken if you have two people for it to focus on. So yeah, it's interesting like, to me would, how they, they they've yeah. you know changed that over the years. Yeah, I kind of like went into Gale like NG plus four one person, and I hate I can I don't enjoy summoning at all because like it's hard to focus and like manipulate the AI that way when they have like, more than one target. And like I was laughing like a maniac because that was fun. <laughs> that was a good time. That was a fun time to have. <laughs> like a lot, I I feel like a lot of people would hate that, but I love that. <laughs> like so many games have this difficulty level issues, but for FromSoft game, not really. They have it really pretty balanced out. Uh, especially in new game. Do you go into new game plus? Like, do you do you run the cycles over and over again? Uh, uh which what cycle? Well, like, do you go into like new game plus or plus two and Bloodborne or Dark Souls? Uh, my goal of every Souls game is that I play play through it the first time, explore everything, check every nooks and crannies, and then I will play it up until NG plus seven. And then oh, I would just start to, like speed running, doing whatever I want to. And uh, for now, I only succeed like doing that in the first Dark Souls. Like I would love to do that in Dark Souls Three and Bloodborne, but I don't have the time to. Yeah, it's um even Bloodborne, which is a little shorter, it still takes a pretty significant amount of time to run run through, especially if you're in that that higher level of difficulty. Yeah, like, um, normally it would take me three to four hours for each run, but I'm that busy, I don't have time to play, like, three or four hours a week, every week. That's just not happening. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, if busy life as a student and an artist and trying to do all kinds of other things, I'm sure it gets in the way of that, right? Yeah, it's like five juggling 500 different things at once. So, like video games like well that fell to like the bottom of the list <laughs> well uh Salen, thank you very much for coming on to yeah. the podcast and and sharing your experiences this was this was a lot of fun i had a, I had a really good time talking to you this morning thank you when uh where can people find you on the internet should they want to either seek out your art or your tweets or, or whatever it may be honestly like if you search like my handle in like a social media and you'll find somebody that's me <laughs> it's easy to find is what you're saying yeah like uh i'm on twitter and tumblr for now okay but my tumblr is it's mostly like art of uh something else for the moment but like if you go through my soul spawn tag i kind of have like this archive of like 200 art or something 
Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll have links to your Twitter and yeah. your um, um, Tumblr in the in the show notes, so everyone can go check that out. And I, I'll try to just make a link directly to your Soulsborn tag, so people can check that out. Um, and, and thank you again for for guesting. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just looked at your Tumblr because I was going to add it, and the first post is this loaf catil, and it's it's a little kitty cat with the lucatil hat, and I'm just I'm in I'm, yeah. I'm in love. This is so very good. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you yeah, for, for for guesting. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to uh, a Patreon if you want to support the show directly. It has links to all of the previous episodes if you want to go back and listen to your fave. It has a link to the Discord server if you want to come and uh, talk to some other skellies that have... uh, that are friends of the show that have been guests uh, or just, you know, just random people on the internet. Um, you can find an access link to that discord server on the website. Uh, thank you everybody who's been listening and leaving iTunes reviews and talking about the shows. And it just, it's just really great to have this little bitty podcast community around this, this podcast. And I very much appreciate it. We'll be back with another episode, uh, another great guest next week. And until then, remember, don't give up skeleton. And we're good. Yeah, um, do you need, like, local file? No, no, you, you, you came in pretty good.